0: Thank you. Welcome to Maths Hysteria, a podcast all about married at first sight. I'm Kelly Rickard and I'm joined today, as always, by my pal and co-host, Omar Abid. How are you doing, Omar?
1: Good. We're back on Zoom.
0: We are back on Zoom, which it's just, you know, we're a little bit busy both of our ends, aren't we? So we thought this was the best thing to do this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's Easter. Easter, isn't it? So you got the kids.
0: Oh, Yeah. What it, what dawned on me today was, because we're on like day four of the week um, and they're both fairly articulate, they're seven and five, but there's a lot that they say that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of convoluted games that they make up with with rules that I don't get. Like I spent the whole afternoon playing a game called Crocodile Blossom Wall and it involved <laughs> me doing a lot of running around and getting hit by them because I was but but I still don't know what the aim of the game was, or who won. So it was, yeah, it was a little bit intense.
1: I mean, that sounds like a, an indie band.
0: Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> it is. But I uh, I wanted to start this week, if it's okay, right, by asking you if you knew what a butt dial was when you first heard the phrase.
1: <laughs> right, people have said this, because it's not something we use, is it? We use um, pocket dial.
0: Well, I genuinely, this is the truth now. When she first said butt dial, I thought it was like a dick pic. I thought it was like (laughs) he had FaceTimed her with his ass. That's what I thought it was. And I was just thinking, oh, Rupert, for goodness sake. But yeah, butt dial. Like, obviously, it got explained what it was then. Things became clearer. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, poor Rupert.
1: What a bringer (laughs) of
0: joy he is. God, he has enough stirred up some drama
1: for us. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. I, I don't. I just don't know how easy it is to do do it though with uh with you know smartphones.
0: It's not that easy. I think what's happened is it wasn't in his pocket. It was out, and he was just staring at her name and stroking it on his phone screen because, like, he, she's just so beautiful, and he just because he was so drunk, he just kept accidentally pressing the dial button. <laughs>
1: You don't think it could have just been the producers told him to say that?
0: <laughs> no, that's even too cynical for me.
1: <laughs> well, that's the that's been some of the debate is because it it just seems ridiculous. But then other people have said, no, it happens in my family all the time. My dad, my dad always ends up ends up butt dialing us, um, and yeah, I, I just want to believe it to be true. So I'm happy to go with it. You know,
0: I'm going with it. Because I really don't want to think of Rupert being called aside into a corridor somewhere and like these producers saying to him, Look, we're going to need you to do this. And he's just not strong enough to say no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. We've decided, Rupert, that you're going to be this series, Mr. Bean.
0: Oh, I know. But I, I actually love him. I really, I mean, we'll talk about him more later on, but I do. He's a very lovable Mr. Bean.
1: He is. He is very nice. But I think we should start as we did last week with the commitment ceremony because we've had people leave so we don't want to don't want to forget about them.
0: Yeah we've got people to say goodbye to. <laughs> yeah
1: pull one out for the homies.
0: Adam and Janelle what do you
1: think? I mean he watching him try to answer simple questions it was It was very similar to Shannon the week previous when John asked him, why did you kiss Claire? And he was going, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, can I be honest? I was, I was, I was, it was just time was just, just going on and on while he was grasping around trying to find some reasonable explanation. And then just said, I was drunk.
0: Like, yeah, that's absolutely what he was trying to do. Was find find words that might get him out of that situation, but he couldn't, could he?
1: Yeah, I thought he'd get more of a. I mean, he did get a fair hammering from everyone, but he just kept going. No, that's not it. <laughs> like you know, whenever he, they they had him bang to rights.
0: I know. I just. I think honestly. All that was left for him to do to leave the process of any dignity was just to go. I did. I kissed her. I was drunk. I'm ever so sorry. I know I've caused a load of hurt, and 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 that's I'm sorry. Just but to constantly go on the defensive and try and explain himself, it was a pointless exercise.
1: Yeah, and he's too thick to be able to do it. I mean, obviously, we're going to come to Dan, and Dan just <laughs> weaves a lot of uh, bullshit with throws mm-hmm. in that instagram quote yeah so it just throws up so much stuff that it's it's hard to you know pick your way through it but adam adam isn't intelligent enough even to to do that so it was no yeah it was it wasn't quite the you know it, it never really is the web you, you want people to get absolutely slammed and I, I often feel a little unsatisfied by what happens there
0: Would you have liked it if the experts had like tied him up and got some stones out and like (laughs) gone proper medieval on him? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, probably have to move it till after the watershed. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't. I know, right? Adam and Janelle should be the thing that I cared about in the commitment ceremony, but for me, that wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was watching Harrison try and wrap his head around what a period actually is. That was the weirdest, funniest, most confusing thing I have seen in years. W- what was he doing?
1: I honestly don't know, because it missed the mark on a lot of things. It, it, was, it seemed like he could have been trying to do three or four different things, and he failed on all of them. Like, Yeah. I, I think, think
0: one of the things was, oh, look what a caring modern man I am. You know, I, I care about this girl. And he's obviously read somewhere on something that, like, you you need to take her a cup of tea and a hot water bottle. Like, he's read something, he's like, this is going to get me laid when I get out of the experiment because everyone's going to think I'm really kind. I, I don't know. I think that was one of the things he was trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, he was, I think he was also trying to be funny. That was the, But he, he wasn't doing it nudge, nudge, wink, wink enough.
0: Oh, God, was he? Was that trying to be I, funny?
1: I think so. I think he was trying to do the, like, look, I know I'm not a, um, I'm a, the, like the last person you would think of to try. Oh, and, you know, oh was, yeah,
0: yeah. He missed the mark with that one then.
1: Well, this is it. I'm not certain that that's what, what he was trying to do, but giving him different options of what he was going for, that's that's potentially one, but, but no one knows. This is why it was so compelling.
0: <laughs> I also, like, just, just for one moment, I thought, oh, my God, he's killed her. She's been chopped up into pieces. She's back home in a cupboard somewhere, and he's, he's killed her, and he's just buying himself some time with this monologue about women's menstrual cycles. And then I was convinced, I was convinced she didn't actually have endometriosis, and he was just mixing up the words. I was just, like, honestly, it was just, but I, I really, really would love, right, if Channel Four or E4 or whoever would commission a program where you could just go around and get ordinary men to say what they think a period is and what happens. Because, I mean, that he couldn't even get to the end of his sentence.
1: <laughs> he, he called it endometriosis.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was like a a, a character from Stathlet Flats. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a character from The Viz,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what what he was doing, but um, the the other parts of the uh, commitment ceremony. But because you're right, we should have cared more about Adam and Janelle. That was the big story. It was, at, but the, the previous week. But yeah, it sort of sort of fizzled. I'm glad she just put leave. It wasn't worth dragging dragging it out. What's up with Alyssa? I know I said that last week. <laughs>
0: Well, you. To be fair to you, to pay your dues, you have said from the beginning. I don't. I don't know if I like Alyssa. Whereas I, I didn't have a problem with her in the beginning. Um, I don't. I don't understand. I really don't understand why is she quite so angry? Uh, why? Why?
1: <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? It's like, I mean, everyone said she was in relationship with a married man for six months. And I know you want to talk about this drunken kiss between Jesse mm-hmm. and Claire, but obviously on the scale of bad things you can do, a six-month affair with a married man is somewhat worse than a drunken kiss on a night well, out. Well, it's
0: it's a kind of standard morality question, isn't it? Like, what's worse, a drunken kiss on a night out or a prolonged affair? And everyone chooses the prolonged affair. But not, not Alyssa, no. It's this kiss like, is much worse in Alyssa's book.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like she's just been, had the flash ray thing from Men in Black done on her, and she's just completely oblivious to the to the uh, point that she's <laughs> had the benefit of the doubt from her friends, and, you know, or not even benefit of the doubt, support.
0: It, yeah, is it a weird attempt at showing that, you know, maybe she's worried that she'll have been judged... And she was judged by Duncan for having an affair. So this is her going. Look how moral I am. Actually, look how aware of a moral code I am. Do
1: mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, probably. That's probably what it is. But it's she's going too far. And and yeah. people, like when he she, they were on the on the settee and, and she's saying to him, "I just don't get it. I don't get why you'd be in touch with him." It's like, well, I was in touch with other people. And by in touch with him, do you mean the three or four minute conversation and handful of text messages we exchanged, where I said you've been out of order, Alyssa's probably going to go for you, which she should. Like, was the- yeah, the deal?
0: yeah. It's re- it's not like they were in touch as in went on a three day bender together.
1: Yeah, I don't know, and they kept cutting to her facial expressions. Yeah, there, there is something about her I just don't I don't like. I know you called Duncan judgy Duncan early on. Yeah because of the way he'd reacted to her revealing that she'd had an affair but she seems incredibly judgmental.
0: Yeah, she does. Yeah. I just want everyone to move on from this kiss now. I mean, I this Claire has been, I think, absolutely wonderful. She just she's been like some kind of virgin Mary character where she's just We'll take it all on the chin. Just yeah, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah, I know, and it's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, let's go to a guitar shop. Yeah, I'll play squash with you. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm. I'll sit at a dinner table and tell my dad. Yeah, you're right. I have been horrendous. Come on, right. Let's just get this into perspective. Jesse was being awful to her. He showed absolutely no signs of any interest in her. They both. Must- pretty much separated, and she had one drunken kiss, and then she has repeatedly apologised over and over again. I, honestly, if that was me, there would have come a point where I would have just screamed in his face. I would have just been... I think he would have been in the guitar shop. I would have gone, look, you've seen the Telecasters, you've looked at the, Fen- the Gibsons, choose a guitar, or it was
1: just the choice. <laughs> I'm enjoying stoking some of this debate online because there's definitely two camps and i think you and i are um on the opposite sides of it oh
0: oh really so okay let's hear your side
1: well so, not really i mean in reality we're we're somewhere in the middle but we've got to, we've got to sell this podcast kelly so we oh
0: oh, oh okay okay <laughs> should we have an argument should we fake <laughs> yeah. an argument
1: the the two sides are it was only a kiss jesse was a dick to her I wouldn't I don't blame her for doing it. I'd do the same. And that's fair enough.
0: Uh, well, I didn't say I'd do the same, mind. Don't pin that on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair enough, yeah. You're all alike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other side is that she's done done wrong and Jesse's lovely and all this. And back it goes back and forth on Twitter about like, God, have people forgotten what he was like the first week? And then you know, people will say, but. He wanted to leave at the commitment ceremony. He apologized. He took all the blame, and they were gaslighting him. And it's just going back and forth about who's. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And the reality is, Jesse was a dick. She did something, something wrong. He apologized. She apologized. Let's kind of move, move on. You know.
0: Yeah. Do you think, right? All of this out of the way. The kiss, how he was in the beginning. All of that. To put that aside. Do you think they fancy each other?
1: That's difficult. I don't really think so. No. I don't
0: because I think by now with everything they've been through, if there was any tiny bit of chemistry there, they would be having like the most electric sex with all the shame and the guilt and the history and the drama and all of that. But instead they're just having a game of squash. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you've clearly never played squash because it can be a real... <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean, but they're, they're kind of... I said even when they had a good commitment ceremony week, the second commitment ceremony, I think, I thought that the reason they hadn't kissed up to that point was because they're in the friend zone. She feels guilty. He probably fancies her more than she does him, but I think that's because he's a bit more desperate than she is for, for a good relationship.
0: I also think as well it's that weird, dark, sad thing of
1: he probably can't stop
0: picturing her kissing somebody else, and whilst that's heartbreaking, that'll also make you want to kiss, won't it? So you'll be thinking about that all the time.
1: Well, I think he just it's better for him if they just move on, and this is another debate that's been happening. I couldn't believe she put stay. I thought she should put leave and just blatantly leave it in Jesse's hands about what I don't time. know I, I kind
0: of just knew she was going to put stay I just thought she was going to try and win him back and redeem herself and I really like Claire I, I've liked her from the beginning um and and I, I think she's fairly genuine in what she's trying to do I don't think it was just a case of I want to stay on TV um so no, yeah I wasn't surprised
1: no I agree with you I think she is she's being genuine and her reasons for wanting to stay are to make it up to to Jesse. Uh, which is what we said last week. We we're surprised Adam didn't stay just to just to make it up to Jesse rather than Janelle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I do think she wants to build a, at least a friendship with him. But I thought, you know he's you know he's not enjoying it. Yeah. You know, like you can be friends outside. You should just like give him the opportunity to to leave. So I, thought, yeah. I don't think it was some t- done with malice or anything but I thought it wasn't a it wasn't the right choice to make. Should we talk about the big story of the week?
0: Oh my god, yes, we were right. We were so right about Dan and it gives me no pleasure to say that. <laughs> Doesn't it a tiny bit, but no I honestly I genuinely genuinely feel sorry for sandy I would feel sorry for any woman in that situation, but I think coming from her culture and i don't I'm not I proclaiming to know what it's like to be an Indian woman in Australia, but I do know what it's like to have grown up around organized religion. I went to church every Sunday and um this is not me being down on religions it was lovely to be part of a community and to know that there was a group of people that had your back but there was a lot of shame and secrecy surrounding sex so for her to have decided to sleep with him was a really 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 big deal and she'd warned him of that and explained that to him and it was just so predict. it was just so predictable it was just he said all the right things until they'd slept together and then he went and went into beast mode on the beach and disappeared. It was just that's so predictable. What did you think?
1: I'm gonna shock you, a bit here, yeah. That uh, I think Dan's all right. No, I'm kidding. The, yeah. But I do think I agree with what you've said about her coming from the background she's come from and and all that sort of stuff. But you know what? That's not on Dan. He's not responsible for for her societal issues or or things like that he just wants to be in a relationship
0: no he doesn't doesn't. of course he's responsible of course he is because she said to him look i can't separate sex and feelings this is a really big deal for me please let's not have sex unless you're absolutely sure that you feel the same and then it took him to have sex with her to realize he didn't feel the same i think he's completely responsible in that situation
1: no he's responsible for for being a dick and taking advantage of her emotional, uh, I'm not going to say vulnerability, but he he took advantage of her because she she told him what the situation was and he disrespected that and slept with her anyway. Yes. Probably knowing that uh, she wasn't his type. He didn't fancy her, all that that sort of stuff. But what I'm saying is it's something that, and I can understand why she said it when she's talking to the other brides, that she says, I've given up so much to be here. It's like, well, that isn't, that isn't anyone else's like fault that's that's up to you he has undoubtedly been awful, but that part of it I don't kind of
0: okay no okay okay so that that small aspect of it where she said, I've given up a lot to be here so it should work out yeah, you can't you can't put that pressure on it really you can't yeah. make somebody want to make it work because it has meant so much to you before you've even gone in there okay I, I would agree with that
1: yeah exactly imagine if Dan was an amazing guy like he was the best guy ever like like Rupert
0: <laughs> oh like Rupert, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Rupert. Then, then you wouldn't think it was fair t- for someone to say look I've given up so much to be here you know he can only do what he can do you know to, to create a successful relationship now Dan doesn't want a su- successful relationship so my point is sort of moot anyway. It's like giving him one little crumb of well, he's not he's not been a dick in that aspect because that isn't really anything to do with him. But he's been a, he has been awful in everything else to do to do with uh... yeah.
0: He's ju- he's just been like classic player, hasn't he? In terms of saying everything she needed to hear, everything she wanted to hear, make her trust him, make her feel safe with him, and then become completely unavailable. And I, I'll be so interested in the amount of straight women of a certain age listening to this podcast, how many have had that happen to them, because I would guarantee you the number would be huge. It is such, it's just like a rite of passage that we all go through. And some women, unfortunately, go through it more than once where you're like, I oh, I have been royally played. And that's what he's done.
1: So have you had guys who, like, after you've slept with them, then they woke up the next morning and went for a six and a half hour run. I
0: oh, know they always want to marry me. <laughs> no, of course I have. Of course I have. What? I had one guy who I was really, really into, who it wasn't even the morning. It was the middle of the night. Um, and he drew me a little pencil map drawing of how I would get myself across this graveyard to get back to my house. Uh, and it was it was it was like four o'clock in the morning and I was on my own. I was about 20. I really, really liked him. And uh, he'd invited me to his house. We'd been seeing each other for a few weeks. We listened to David Gray, White Ladder. Just to to put a bit of context in it, I thought thought we were falling in love. And then it happened. He drew me a map and that was it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
1: Walking through a graveyard, Babylon going on in your head. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Please forgive me if I act a little strange. (laughs)
1: No, it's his whole, um, the whole excuses thing is so predictable. And, you know, we said last week, maybe he's like Harrison, but intelligent. But actually, the more he talks, you realise, oh, no, he's not intelligent at all. He's just marginally more eloquent than Harrison or Adam or Shannon, which isn't saying much anyway. Sandy's clearly far more intelligent than him. So he he can't answer any of her very simple questions because, you know, I mentioned the web that he throws up before of all these different things. She can just cut through, cut right through all of that and ask him a very simple question. He, you know, he's saying things like, um, you want to sit and watch TV and all this stuff? And and she's saying, no, I I would rather work on the relationship, but you're not here.
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. She is saying the more practical things, the more sensible things, the more articulate things, but he seems to have got this way of, of navigating a conversation where, and I was watching her at, at the dinner party and I was thinking, yeah, actually I wouldn't know how to get out of that because he constantly turns it back around in a really strange sort of way. And and you'll have had conversations like this. I know I have where you're like, oh, why do I feel like I'm one that's in the wrong now? I'm really confused. You could see that on her face. It was just like, well, I feel like I've got the right to be upset that he's got all his ex-girlfriend's photos out. But, but for some reason, I'm being made to look irrational and oversensitive. I don't know. I, I really feel for her.
1: The way to combat that is when he's just constantly pivoting to different things and just talking and talking is to just be very, very blunt and simple, you know, and Evelyn, Evelyn did that really well, I thought, wasn't having it, you know. Oh my
0: god, Evelyn's brilliant, (laughs) she is brilliant, her and Claire, there's a, a couple of like the younger women in there that just give me so much hope for the future, because they've got what seems to me all of the language and the words that like my generation didn't have we didn't have gaslighting we didn't have that word it happened but we didn't know what to call it and they can just see it they're aware of it and they call it out straight away and the strength that Evelyn had in that conversation with Dan where she just she kept eye contact she wasn't stammering or stuttering she wasn't floundering around for words she was amazing
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was she was really good. I mean, I'm going to come on to to Hugo in a second because he was part of this whole thing as well. Mm. But just a bit more on Dan, like the the whole showing showing photos of his exes to to the lads. It just needed one someone to say, look, it doesn't matter whether it was comparative or not. He kept saying, or oh, categorically deny that it was in a comparative context," because the, uh, there was a lot of alliteration. All it needed was someone to say for a bit more alliter- alliteration was that it was classless. You just don't, you just don't do it when, when you're with some, someone, it's like, you, you wouldn't know how it would make that person feel if you had any class, you just wouldn't, wouldn't do it, even in circumstances where you're with, you're with your mates and you think, you know, it, it's it's a safe place. It's like, you still, you still wouldn't do it because I know how Claire would feel about it. So you, there's, there's no way you'd do it.
0: The other thing that's completely classless is when he describes the sort of woman that he wants. You could just see him being that 42 year old bloke in a bar, hanging around like the 19, 20 year old girls on so, so, students who are young, thin, blonde. And you just, oh, he, he really needs to grow up.
1: Well, that that was a good example. Maybe the best example of just cutting through all the shit was when Evelyn said what she'd heard. And she said, you said, I don't need to, I don't give a shit. I don't need to be here. And that cut through everything. Because it's not about like, oh, I didn't know I had a type until I was here. And compatibility. And I'm, you know, I haven't come this far just to only come this far. All, by the way, it's fucking mate, uh, That one who came around for dinner. She was a dickhead as well, Georgia. Oh, they-
0: my God. Why are they not together? Why are they not together? <laughs> just even when he said... I think it was to the producer, he went, you must have seen the energy and the chemistry between me and G, like, that's what I want. Well, all right then, go on.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Those two were, they They were just rude. Like, she was just rude to, like, Sandy in that.
0: Yeah, and she was, and you could see Sandy's sister look genuinely tearful. Uh, that's when I started to think, oh, God, Her sister can see that Sandy's actually really fallen for him. Mm -hmm. And then when Sandy said, I think I've fallen for a version of Dan that doesn't actually exist, I thought, oh, my God, you've hit the nail on the head and this is going to hurt so much.
1: Yeah, I I do feel for Sandy because she is intelligent and articulate. She's attractive. But I think this is where a lack of relationship experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she'd have been 20 walking across a graveyard with a pencil-drawn map, then by this point in her life she would have learned. <laughs> so maybe it was all worth it.
1: <laughs> the uh, yeah, so there are a few people tied into this whole story. Well, I mentioned Hugo. Evelyn, Evelyn just eviscerated. Was, but he couldn't handle it. He didn't have the, the I won't don't want to say skills of Dan, but uh, he doesn't, he doesn't he isn't able to do what Dan can do. No. So when when she was saying, I just want the truth, don't, don't bullshit me, or, don't make me go there, I don't want to be that chick. He was like, absolutely go there. I was like, you're going to regret that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, and she's got this really sort of matter-of-fact, monotone news reporter way of talking, and she just kind of, without a flicker of emotion on her face or even any intonation changing in her voice, she just went... He called you a C-U-N-T. Just <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> no, it was see you next Tuesday. But, yeah. like, really straight-voiced, straight-faced. I was like, oh, this is terrible, I can't watch this.
1: <laughs> you looked look like he'd been hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and-
0: when he said to Jesse, mate, is this for real? What did you mean? I was like... <laughs> Yes, if this is happening, you said that, you're being called out. I don't, what did, Do you know I, what he meant?
1: I think he was so shocked at the level of detail and, you know, he thought, oh, maybe there'll be a bit of stuff that is clearly just jokey stuff that I can just... And I don't think he's a bad bloke. And let's be honest, everyone hates Taylor. She's awful. She has been what? awful to you. At the dinner I table... I know,
0: but he, oh, he hasn't been perfect, though. That photo challenge... That was brutal. Talk about getting your own back. Talk about that was that was just a revenge move that was.
1: Yeah. Just
0: laying all of the photos out, going, Shall I put you at the bottom? Because you've been so mean. And then going, Don't worry, I'd never do that to you. I'll put you one from the bottom. I was yeah. just like, <gasps>
1: You see, I think I think he's not doing one of two things. He's he's not being Totally missed the nice guy because he, d- he thinks oh, I'm going to get walked all over. But he's also not fighting fire with fire enough. You you either need to be in one of those two camps, and he's sort of in between. He might be able to win over Taylor if he was as big a dick to her as she is, is to him.
0: Yeah, if
1: he's, if he stood up to her. He, he might she might actually like that, but he's not yeah. he's naturally that kind of person. But he also doesn't want to be just a doormat, which he shouldn't. He shouldn't be, but he's. He's in that grey zone, so he's not achieving anything.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think she comes across like one of those women who, you know, that book, The Game. Somebody who'd read that book would really work on her. Just, you know, ignoring her and then giving her a tiny bit of attention and then being a bit mean, but then complimenting her and then, yeah, she yeah. she probably wants all that nonsense.
1: Yeah, Harrison would would be done with her in a few in a few phrases. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harrison, that would have been an interesting match, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You you feel if you moved um, a few people around with their partners, which, you know, a lot of that happens anyway through the course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Taylor and Harrison would be, be an interesting one. But, yeah, this all started, this all started from you <laughs> with your favourite, Rupert.
0: Oh, my God, though, I love him. Just the innocent victim in all of this. Just innocently butt dialing the love of his life and just looking absolutely lost in the fallout of it. He's sort of like got the face of this little boy that said to his mum, Mum, I, I don't I don't know what this means, but I came home from school and dad was with another woman, and then he's just sat there looking dumbfounded at all the drama unfolding around
1: him. <laughs> he's so good. You you felt when he was saying to to Evelyn. Look, I'll I'll back you up. I'll back you up. What he was really saying was, please protect me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: true. That's so true. You go in first. I'll stand behind you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you you don't seem scared about saying anything to them. <laughs> I I am nervous about it. I'll admit. <laughs> he he is he is brilliant because yeah he just it was nice that he he wasn't saying anything bad because I think. Evelyn's, I'm, I'm ashamed, but not surprised to say that I had made some judgments about her before really getting to know her. I sort of assumed because she's good looking, she's that good looking, she's going to be a bitch.
0: Yeah, and she had the gloves on. That'll throw you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, no, and I think we were kind of in the editing at the wedding and stuff, we were led to believe it might be that match that we've seen before where it's kind of really bitchy. Mm-hmm. Hard-faced girl with young lad that doesn't quite know what's going on, <laughs> but that's not her. I don't think that's her at all. I think she's really lovely in the way she treats him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they they get on at least. I don't. I can't imagine there being any any nasty drama between them. You know, they might not end up working out as a couple, but I don't think it's going to be anything like you know, toxic or anything like no, that. No, I don't. The hugging challenge was good for him, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh God. I, I mean. God knows what was going on for him, like, physically there, to have to hold her for five minutes. (laughs) He clearly, like, fancies her so much. But then I don't know why he felt the need at the end to go, did you put deodorant on today? Like, why did he think this will be a good thing to say here?
1: Yeah, you would assume after five minutes of hugging Evelyn, like, in the position they were hugging, he'd, you know... He'd have a hard one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be as hard as bell metal there. We're just going to say it like it is.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, maybe not. Maybe because she hadn't put any deodorant on
0: I don't know. What was that? He's trying, though, isn't he?
1: He is. He is. I like him. I'm I'm curious to see where they where they go because, you know, we've spoken about other couples previously and said, and it's nice to see them and everything, but Duncan and Alyssa... Originally, they were going well, but we were bored by them. There's nothing toxic so far about Evelyn and Rupert, but I want to see them. I want to see where they...
0: I do. I want to see what happens with them. I find I, I like them both individually. I think they're amazing as a pair. I mean, I I think it's the sort of couple that everybody would love to see fall in love because it's so... It would be so unexpected
1: yeah, you know, I do I do like Rupert though, but I wonder if he's got enough uh
0: I know, but like maybe she's bored of the typical ones because she's a model and she maybe she wants somebody who's a bit sweet and it's nice to be adored.
1: Well it is but I just mean intellectually. Like cause he's nice and everything and he's you know what does he do? What's his job? I don't know. No, no me. Yeah, I can't I can't is, remember. Is
0: this where we find out he's got like a double PhD? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he's on maths, it'll be he's either working in tech or he's a carpenter. So
0: yeah, they're the two options. <laughs> yeah. So or or an influencer, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I tell you who I'd quite like to talk about is Lyndall and Cam. Right. And more specifically. Cam and Cam's mother (laughs) I mean he's got this issue with hugging but when I saw the hug between him and his own mother I was like ah I get it like I get it after we'd met his mum on screen I was like right I totally understand why he's like he is now.
1: Like a lot of other people who were watching I thought when she came in that that was Lyndall's mum because the hug was so awkward and they'd had this little falling out over um, the video call. I thought, oh, no wonder they're awkward. But they'll clear the air and it'll be fine. I was like, wait, wait a second. That's his mom. It was it was so weird. And this whole thing of like, oh, people who need uh, need that kind of physical attention. It's it's insecurity. It's like craving attention. It's like fuck off.
0: But uh, That was that was just mean. I mean, I don't know if it's how it's been edited, but in, in the editing, it she's coming across like that typical mother-in-law that like we've had this narrative for centuries of the mother-in-law who doesn't like the daughter-in-law and is trying to drive a wedge. And that's exactly what was presented to us, wasn't it? It was like, well, Sydney's shit. This is a terrible tiny flat. He's going to hate it here. And his new wife's a horrible attention seeker. And I, I felt so sorry for Lyndall's mum, who just seems like a lovely woman. And she she said sorry for something she shouldn't really have to say sorry for, which was just looking out for her own daughter and saying, would you mind? Can you give her a hug because I'm not there. But she gave a really nice apology. And then and then had Lyndall's mum go and you can't take those words back. <laughs>
1: like, what words? Exactly, Lindel's. How dare she have the temerity to suggest he hug his wife when she's upset? Like...
0: I know, and and they've had sex. I would, I could maybe, maybe think there's a there's an argument for it if they haven't been intimate yet, okay? All right, maybe a hug would be awkward then. But they have. So, and I think I'm sorry if if you've had a woman's body in that way, you will wear a hug whenever she wants one. <laughs> uh, it's just a hug. Yeah. There's very but, few people who, if I had to hug them, I'd think, Oh God, I don't want to. And it certainly wouldn't be someone I was living with and married to.
1: Yeah. Is, is that hug thing after sex part of the terms and conditions where everyone just scrolls to the end and ticks agree? <laughs>
0: so yeah. No. Well that, that, yeah, that's definitely what comes down, isn't it? It's like, yeah, 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 I love hugs. Great, let's go for this.
1: Yeah. His his mum has got um strong, I just say what I think vibes.
0: Oh, your favourite type of person.
1: Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it enrages me. Because she's, as you said, oh, Sydney's awful. Like, well, you know, we're just making polite conversation. I don't, you know, I didn't create this apartment and stuff like that. So I'm not personally offended, but you know, just for the sake of it, you, you, she seemed like furious at Lyndall and Lyndall's mum. That they're driving oh, to her son there. <laughs>
0: that's what it felt like. And it was like, they haven't bought this apartment. This is not a proper marriage. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, she's... I don't like that woman. Fiona, I think her name is.
0: Is that her name? Yeah. It's it's that thing again, isn't it? Oh, well, I speak the truth. No, you speak your truth and you speak it loudly with no thought for anyone else's feelings.
1: I, I must admit, though, I'm more interested now in them as a couple because they're a good example, actually, of what I was saying before, where it was initially, it was all about her cystic fibrosis. Then yeah. Then it seemed to to be wobbling a bit, but I, I certainly couldn't tell why. I know you you picks up on a few things, and now it's it's getting more obvious that like, what is Cam really there for? He seems to enjoy being out with the lads, and you know. Yeah. Like-
0: and I really, really like Lyndall. I think she seems very genuine, very authentic seems to be there for the right reasons, I think. Do you?
1: <laughs> I I do, I do. It's just reminded me when uh, when you said that you liked uh, very genuine, very authentic. Did you enjoy when she decided to just go petty when she was doing the washing? Oh, it was my
0: favourite moment. I, I was, when she just went, well, at least my mother's a nice person. Yes, somebody needed to say it. <laughs> oh, I love that.
1: Yeah, I've, there's a total, like, that is crossing the Rubicon of like right we're just having an argument now we're not trying to reason this out <laughs>
0: yeah I, I think that's me I have two settings one where I will try really hard to be calm and I'll try and be rational and articulate and then I, it's like the switch gets flipped I go, no we'll go in here now and then just crossed to the other side of the argument and, and made it really petty and really silly and it's like a kind of no going back thing isn't it
1: yeah, yeah. Once once you've once you've pulled that lever, it's it's you can't go back to having a nice discussion. And
0: can't... I imagine he's heard that about his own mum before. So it was probably like a, a bit of an Achilles heel as well.
1: I don't know who from though, because apparently they live in the wilderness, just the three of them.
0: That footage of him on the beach with the dog and a campfire, that's all we ever see of his normal life. I'm like, but what what does he do?
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see where they where they go another person who piped up a bit this week was ollie of ollie and tarnie yes he was yes he did he was on the night out he looked fucking rough the next morning (laughs) 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 the problem is right I enjoyed that because he looked rough and he's a young young man, but he'll bounce back from that in like thirty minutes in a McDonald's. Like
0: I was just about to say that he'll only need a McDonald's and he'll be fine. Yeah. Whereas with me now, I'm not fine until like the Wednesday or the Thursday of that week. That's just after two glasses of wine.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely into into midweek. <laughs> yeah. It's more the psychological damage nowadays than. The-
0: oh God, it's awful that especially if you're like me and you have blanks, it just say, "What did I say? Who did I say it to? What happened?" Oh.
1: Probably just going to every man in the bar, just going, "You're not that bright." <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was good to see a bit more from him. He seems to give, similar to Evelyn, in a way. He seems to not give a shit about offending people there. He's not going out of his way to be rude, but he's just he'll just say, Yeah, this guy said this, the other guy said that. He's it's not that, there.
0: I don't know what what generation are we on now, Gen Z, Jen, God knows. It they just they're very earnest. They're like, Well, this is what happened, and so I'm going to say how it happened. And I'm not going to be concerned about the fallout because that's what happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's different to the we were just we were just like, well, I was just slagging a Fiona. <laughs> yeah. It's different to the, oh, I just say it how I see it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not malicious.
1: No, he's not being rude to anyone, but he's also, I think it's very obvious he is there for Tani. He's not there to be mates with everyone. he'll, yeah. he'll say whatever it is to just protect their little bubble, their little relationship. He knows he's not done anything wrong. You know, I, I put on Twitter when he was doing that whole whole bit about "Oh, I'm Johnny Tight Lips." You ain't gonna get nothing from me. And then I put like afterwards, yeah, this guy's never called his wife a cunt. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, you. Oh my god, that is such a good point. That's never coming out of his mouth. that. No,
1: nah, they're 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 good. Tani as well has not been involved in in much drama or anything, but she seems to be one that that people go to. Like, Sandy went to her as well, didn't she, I think?
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, they're getting on fine. I mean, his mum... Was it his mum that was really cheerful, saying how lovely it is seeing them happy?
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, I must admit yeah. at that point I was I was catching up on the Twitter notifications because I thought there's not going to be anything too dramatic.
0: No, I mean the biggest news was that they've adopted the fish. And who knew Adam and Janelle had a family of fish?
1: Yeah, well that's it. That's that is the big news about Oli and Tani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do the uh the spin-off Olientani and Tani only podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure there's enough material for us.
0: I know, but maybe if we saw more of them, there'd be more to talk about. But because there's so much drama from the other couples, we
1: don't see it. Well, I think they're going to be one of these couples where, as the herd gets thinned out and other people leave, they're going to the end, I suspect. Yeah. Is it going to be one of these, we've not had a classic, well, he lives 4,000 miles away, (laughs) you know, situation. Oh,
0: yeah, it could be one of those...
1: Yeah, where it's you know, well, one of them will have to move. Will they? He's an actor,
0: isn't he? He might have to give up his acting career, and he won't want to. Is he? Uh, Have I made that up just because of his teeth? I might have made that up. He's got active teeth, hasn't he?
1: (laughs) Has he? What very very expressive teeth?
0: Like just very white and straight, like not like mine. (laughs) I don't know why I'm showing you mine.
1: (laughs) Well, that's going to be a clip on the trailers. Another thing I put on Twitter was um, when Leighton was talking. Was um who who the fuck is this guy? Because <laughs> We've <laughs> barely seen Leighton again. Another week has gone past. No,
0: and also because we hadn't seen him for a while, I hadn't noticed his hair colour change. But he's come back with completely different hair. It's really dark. All of a sudden. Has he? Yeah, he's he's a brunette now.
1: Are you sure you're not thinking of Dan?
0: No, no, he had really <laughs> fair hair, and then he just turned up at that meal. It was a meal, I think. Um, and it was dark hair.
1: Well, maybe it's just something to do. I mean, they must get bored in there.
0: Yeah, and Melinda, she keeps saying this thing about we can't seem to have a conversation. We can't communicate without fighting. It's not ideal. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's not yeah. really the stuff of love. I don't know.
1: That's true. They need to. Um, they, they keep saying we need to work on our communication style. Again, we've not seen enough of them to to know.
0: I like Melinda though. She's funny.
1: She is funny. Uh, She enjoyed taking the piss out of Harrison as well. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking, I mean, I'll put this up as uh, probably by the time the episode goes up, it will have already been on on Twitter. So um, I'll get your opinion there. If you were convicted of a crime, which you didn't commit, who would you want to defend you in court? Melinda or Evelyn? Evelyn. Why? fitter?
0: Because I think Melinda would go for the biggest laughs, but Evelyn would be concerned with the justice of getting you off the hook.
1: Oh, but right.
0: I think Melinda's really characterful and the stuff she says is really funny, but I'm not sure how much she really cares about people's feelings. But I think Evelyn does.
1: Yeah, I do know what you mean. That is a problem. She's got like a um, comedian's mindset. Like I've said to Claire, no- nothing, nothing matters more to me than getting a laugh. Uh,
0: yeah, I know what you mean. And sometimes I'll be in a situation where I just have to say the subversive thing. Even if it's like a work situation, even if I know it's not going to go down well, I'm just like, but I'm going to need to say this because that's just the way my brain works.
1: Melinda is, I see what you mean about Melinda. I do think she'd do a decent job, though. Do you? Yeah, I think she'd be good. I'd definitely definitely take her over Rupert. He'd be dropping files all over the place. (laughs) Oh, Rupert
0: as a lawyer. Oh, but again, maybe that's all an act. Maybe it's gonna end up that he's in Dan's gang. Oh. That he's been just it's just been an act to be this lovable puppy. I don't think for a second it is an act.
1: I really don't. I you know, I don't know how many more toxic males they can cram into this series. <laughs> it's been a lot.
0: It's been like did they hand pick them or is that how it is out there now?
1: <laughs> it's an island of convicts, Kelly.
0: God, I just, I mean, I keep thinking, oh, have they picked these people on purpose because it'll make a really good programme? Or are they like a little microcosm of, of what the men are like out there now?
1: God, you'd hope it's not like that.
0: I'm going to go downstairs and beg Nick never to leave me because I can't do that.
1: He'll be waiting <laughs> for you with a little pencil drawing of a route out there. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's coming up next week? I think it's next week. What is it? it? It's the retreat where they send them all away.
0: Oh, yes. I can't wait.
1: That's going to be good because something always happens. Well, I say something always happens. I think I've only watched one series where they do it. And that's when Domenica smashed the glass and brandished it in Olivia's face.
0: It's never going to be as good, though, is it, as the British retreat where Gemma found out that Whitney and Tattoo Face were an item.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And Kwame, when they did
0: that growly kiss on the bridge.
1: Oh, man. Uh, and, and Kwame was like, the irony, being consoled by the man who's stealing your woman and drinking, uh, <laughs> drinking his wine. <laughs> Have you heard uh, Kwame's song, which he released soon after Married at First Sight?
0: No, he hasn't.
1: Yeah, he did. He did.
0: No, he, no, he hasn't. Oh, my God.
1: Would you like me to uh, <laughs> regale you with some of the lyrics?
0: Please sing it to me. <laughs>
1: Hang on, let me have a drink of water. Oh,
0: i going to do some lip trills. <clears throat> Get yourself warmed up.
1: It's all right. It's kind of a rap style thing. Oh, God. And you'll enjoy the... He um, probably has less understanding of biology than uh, Harrison. So, <laughs> when I enter, dick long like placenta, make you bust twice when I bend you. Hold this long piece in your dentures <laughs> as we go on another adventure.
0: No, they are not the lyrics. <laughs> That's horrific. That's horrific.
1: I mean, I listened to Do, it.
0: Who's produced that? Who's let that go out? Why hasn't anyone sat him down and go, You can't, you will sound like a rapist? You can't, what?
1: I mean, this is such a great dick long like placenta. Placenta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not the sexiest word. <laughs>
1: Hold this long piece in your dentures.
0: Ooh, what's on the <laughs> Image of an old woman with her teeth falling out. <laughs> what's the next bit? You can edit all this out, but what's the next bit again?
1: When I enter, dick long like placenta, <laughs> make you bust twice when I bend you. Oh, oh no, no, there's a bit about um, choking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't quite remember. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> so that's us for this week. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please follow us on social media, at on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we've got plenty more to look forward to. The retreat's coming.
0: I can't wait for the retreat. So thank you as always for joining us. I've been Kerry Rickard.
1: I've been Omar Abid and we have to go now because we're about to go beast mode.